Hi, welcome to Bovine Science BCI. I'm Brad White, joined today by Dr. Bob Larson. Hi, Bob. Hello, Brad. We're going to talk herd health topics, and as we have the last few times, and you teach stereo here, we're going to keep in the reproductive realm, and I'm going to talk about one of your favorite topics today, front-end loading in the cow-calf herd. So first, tell me, what is front-end loading? So front-end loading just simply means that in a cow herd, a vast majority of the cows calve in the first 30, 21, 30, 42 days, depending on how you want to say it. My goal is for 60 to 65% of the cows to calve in the first 21 days. And there's some herd to herd variation, but that's my goal that I start with. Okay, 65% first 21 days of the breeding season would be front end loading. Do most herds fall into that category? Is that pretty normal? Or do you see a lot of herds that are not hitting that target? Yeah, that's a great question. And we actually have some data here at K-State. We're able to collect these calving or pregnancy distributions across a lot of herds over, you know, mostly in the Midwest, but really across the United States. And what we find is about a third of the herds reach that goal of 60 to 65% calving in the first 21 days, or getting, I should say, getting pregnant in the first 21 days. And so there's two ways to look at that. It's not unusual. It's, it's about a third of the herds. But then you could also say there's two-thirds of the herds. And to be honest, our data set includes pretty well-managed herds. I think some of the herds that would have the most reproductive problems are not in our data set. So of pretty well-managed herds, a third of them kind of reach my goal. Way to go. Fun with fractions. A third have two-thirds of the calves in the first third of the breeding season. Is that what you just said? I think that's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll try, we'll try to piece that out. So it doesn't happen all the time. So maybe it's not that big a deal. Why is it a big deal to be front-end loaded? What difference does it make? If I got all the cows pregnant, yeah. what difference does it make when they're calving? Well, one of the things that, again, really we dive into these herds that we've got data sets for and one of the places where it shows up really quickly, if you kind of calculate it out, is their age and weight at weaning. And again, we see herds that range around 2.2 to 2.5 pounds a day weight gain on average for their calves from birth to weaning. And so if a calf is born, say, I'm going to use relatively easy math. So if he's born 20 days earlier, that's 44 to 50 pounds more at weaning times the sale price, that's real dollars. And the other thing that I would say is that calf that's born 20 days later it has the exact same expenses as the calf that was born 20 days earlier. I mean, so the cow's winter feed. So gone. it's a net income on that weight it, gain. Yeah, it's all net income with the same denominator of cost for the cow, the grazing, the supplement, bull costs, health costs. Everything else is exactly the same. The only thing different is he was born 20 days earlier. And those calves don't catch up. You actually look at the numbers. They seem to catch up. By the time you get to weaning and you're like, well, there's not that big a difference between those calves, but 40 pounds different on a six weight doesn't look like a lot. It looks like that calf caught up by the time you get to weaning, but he really never did because the average daily gain was the same through the period, but he had 40 less days or 20 less days. Yeah. You, it's pretty hard to pick up differences by eye until you get to the very oldest group and the very youngest group. I can see that by eye, but the differences in between, no, I don't pick that up by eye, but the scale picks it up. Which some of your, and you've got a pretty cool spreadsheet that looks at some of the dollar differences between those calves and the group. And you kind of talked about, okay, individual examples. How big a difference does this make on a herd? If, for example, I'm front end loaded versus I calve uniformly throughout the calving season. All right. I like to use like a, maybe a herd that's two or 300 cows 
And in that size of a herd, you get to $40, $50, $60 per calf differences, depending on how much away from that front end loading that you get. And I say those dollars, and I, I hesitate to say it because it's based on what calf prices you put in. But I'm kind of averaging over the last few years. Those are the types of numbers we see between the herds, same herd size. They end up with the same preg rate. It's just when were those calves born? And you can get that big a difference, even though both these herds bred up pretty well, say 90 to 92 to 95 percent breed up. But one herd took longer to get all those calves on the ground. Okay, so economic reasons that I want to get them front end loaded. What about if I'm saving heifers? Does that matter? Yeah, we recently talked about heifer development in another one of these conversations. And we know that heifers that are born in the first 21 days have the best chance of conceiving early in the next breeding season. And really, the heifers in the first 30 to 42 days are the ones that are a good bet to conceive in a breeding season where they come in a little bit ahead of where the cows that created them. And it gets pretty hard to get heifers that are younger than, say, born in the first 30 to maybe 40 days. It's pretty hard to get them to consistently get pregnant. But then you start seeing this other term that I like is momentum. So a herd that has two-thirds of their cows calving in the first 21 days and 80% or more calving in the first 42 days, well, then most of my heifers are born in the first 42 days. And so it's pretty easy to have a good cohort of heifers to pick from that are going to get bred early in there. But compare that to a herd where they're spread out. Maybe only 35 or 40% are born in the first 21 days. And then you go out from there. I just have fewer heifers that are as old as I want. And so the momentum can be either positive is, oh, I've got plenty of heifers in a front-loaded herd to keep, to be old enough to be pregnant early in their breeding season. If I've got a, a flatter distribution, so you start at, say, maybe 30% calf in the first 21 days, 30 in the second 21 days, and, and you go out from there, I don't have as many heifers. So I reach into the little bit younger heifers, and then they don't breed up as well. And so I get this frustrating negative momentum of bad things happen to herds that are not front end loaded and good things happen to herds that are front end loaded. So in your momentum, what you're describing there is basically things are going to be kind of like they were last year. Even if something happens, unless it's major, things are going to be kind of like they were last year. And, and the reason is there's 365 days in the year. There's a length of pregnancy in beef cattle is around 283 days. You subtract those two and you've got 82 days. All right, so you go, 82 days, most cows can get pregnant. Yes, but there's a couple more things that we have to remember is that period of infertility following calving averages about 60 days in beef cows. There's some herd. I don't have that big a window. No, you don't. So 60 days. And that means, and I always talk about, remember, average is half the cows have a longer than 60-day postpartum period. And then if they calve off a little bit thin, well, it's not 60, it's 70, or it's some other number. And so you run into these problems. And then what's our breeding success? When we have a fertile cow, so she ovulates a fertile egg, and she is mated by a fertile bull that gives me fertile semen, all right? What's the odds that that actually conceives and it carries into pregnancy? And the answer is about two-thirds. You know, somewhere between 60 and 70% of each mating. This is not mating of cows. This is mating of a fertile cow to a fertile bull about two-thirds of the time. So you start, again, we're doing lots of fractions and percentages, but if I have 82 days between calving and when she needs to conceive again, and it's going to take her, and I'm going to say if my average is 60, I'll bet most cows are somewhere between 40 and 80, okay? So some cows are going to be as low as 40. Some cows are going to be as much as 80 with a few maybe a little bit higher or lower than that. 
So my herd is mostly around 60 days to resume cycles, but they didn't all calve on the first day of the calving season. So maybe she calved on the 20th day of the calving season. So she's in my first 21 days. Well, she only has 60 days and that's right at my herd average. And so the reason I think momentum is so important is what I just described is, well, the ones that calved early, they have a decent chance of calving early next year. And the ones that didn't, they're working uphill. So you're going to calve. And that's what we see. Which is why we see long calving seasons, right? We we have long, because actually we have long breeding seasons and that transfers to long calving seasons because we don't want to cull some of those cows out of the herd. Yeah, that's exactly right. The problem is the solution is not easy. I, because one of the quick things is, well, if you just fed them better, you'd shorten that postpartum interval. And that's not very true. It's a little bit true, but it's not very true. I can't It's only sh- true if they were really not fed well yeah. before. If they were longer than 60, I can bring them back to a herd average of 60. The postpartum interval. The postpartum interval. If they're already at 60, I could feed them a ton and maybe drop it to 56. Which the inverse of what you just said, though, there are times where if the nutrition was bad one year, I could have had a prolonged postpartum interval. They calve later. But me fixing the nutrition next year isn't going to change it because they're still in that slot. They're still in that slot. Yeah, that's the frustrating thing. So nutrition is very important to keep my distribution of pregnancy and calving where it is because a decrease in, you know, so cows going into the breeding season in poor body condition are going to breed up worse. Okay. What about synchronizing them? Why don't, why don't I just synchronize? So I've got some that are calving really late. I'm just going to use some synchronization drugs, which allow us to synchronize animals estrus. Yep. And we do know that giving a progestogen, so either the cedar with progesterone impregnated into the plastic or feeding MGA, that will jumpstart a few cows. But who does it jumpstart? It jumpstarts the cows that were very close to resuming fertile cycles anyway. So the cows that are already cycling, well, doesn't help them. And the cows that calved recently, it doesn't really help them. So it will work in one sense. It'll move a few cows earlier. But in that distribution that we're talking about that's kind of long and protracted, the problem is I've got too many cows that calved recently to when I want to start this progestogen. And it's not magic. It won't take those cows that recently calved. And by recently, my preference is that cows have calved at least 40 days before we would count on them having a high probability of conceiving in the first 20 days, right? So if I've got this flat distribution and maybe half of my herd has calved more recently than 40 days before the next breeding season, adding progestogen is not going to make a big impact. It's not zero, but it's not very big. If I have a herd that's not front-end loaded, and I want to get them front-end loaded for all the reasons you described, the economics, the heifers they save, and you just ruled out, hey, it's probably nutrition is not going to help that much, synchronization is not going to help that much. Well, what do I do? Well, the only thing that I've found that works is twofold. One is breed your heifers to calve early. So it may mean keeping more heifers than I would intend, putting selection pressure on those heifers that get pregnant early. And that might, you know, might be the first 21, the first 30 days, whatever, of a breeding season that has them calving then ahead of the cows. And if I do that several years, and this is the other part, several years, because I can't fix it in one year. The only way I can fix it in one year is to either sell all late bred cows, 
all of a sudden no, I'm primed. No and way. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Or purchase some heifers or purchase some replacement females that are all going to calve very early in the calving season. That's another way to do it fast. But if you don't want to do those two kind of high capital outlay ways of doing it fast, then you're going to need to give yourself about four or five years. But if you're replacing 10 to 15% of the herd after four years and bring in all heifers that calve early and I heavy selection pressure, I will not keep a heifer that conceives late, right? Then those heifers are in the herd still four or five years later. And the cows that are still there are the ones that were at the front because some of my cows were calving early, right? And so after four or five years, I've really changed the profile of that herd. And it's worth doing because we haven't talked about, other than you talked about preg rate a little bit earlier, that preg rate was the same when you did your economic comparison. But preg rate, once you get to a certain level, that's probably the level we're going to be. If we're in the 90s, the mid 90s, that's our preg rate. And how do I improve and make my herd better, more efficient? I have calves way more. Well, a lot of times we lean towards genetics or milking ability and think about how do I get those calves to weigh more? Well, our weaning weights over the last 25 years haven't changed nearly as dramatically as carcass weights on the feed yard side because our grass is still grass. Our grass is still the same. What drives weaning weight? Age. And this is a way that you're modifying the age of my calf crop. Yeah. And I'm not a geneticist and a geneticist may argue with me, but I'm going to say that, yeah, we can suck genetics for better growth. You know, I talked about the growth between birth and weaning, and and we can select some genetics that that increases that. But I can make a bigger impact by having that calf born 10 days, 20 days, 30 days earlier than I could with buying genetics that's going to increase that birth to weaning weight. I just have more days. And the plan that you outlined takes three to four years. It does. You just got to do it that way. It just has to be incremental change. And the only way I know to get that incremental change is you document it, right? I'm making improvements. And and to be honest, it, it is incremental change, but it feels better after even just a year or two. You are moving towards more cows calving early. Yeah, I don't get my 60 to 65% until, you know, three or four or five years later. But even after the first year, it's more. I can see the progress if I look closely. And for many situations, it's also beneficial from the standpoint of my labor is concentrated during a relatively short period of calving season when I have them ready to go. If I've been having calf scours or neonatal disease problems, I've got a concentrated group that I can manage appropriately as they move to the next step. So thanks, Bob. I think the importance of front-end loading, you highlighted several of those things. We'll put some articles online. Also, we'll see if we can get your spreadsheet uploaded that has the cost differences so people can calculate it on their own herd. Exactly. So thanks, Bob. You bet.